Welcome to the Truth Map Podcast with me, Holly J, your resident psychological comedian and freelance philosopher. As a specialist in human behavior and volitional motivation, I help you figure out why you do what you do. Like why you open up the fridge just to stare at it, or why you text your ex back when you know he's gaslighting you, or why you open your phone to check the time, just to scroll Instagram, just to turn off your phone, just to realize you still need to know what time it is. We'll break down human behavior in ways you've never seen before and unlock the power of the physics of emotioning theory developed by one of our founders, Dr. Michael Lukens. And hopefully, if I do my job right, we'll have some laughs along the way. Welcome back to the Truth Map Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to share the first three audio lessons that can be found in the Intro to Escapism audio course on the TruthMap Hologram app. Escapism, it's, it's something that all humans experience to varying levels of degrees. Without escapism, we wouldn't be able to survive. It forms our ability to check out when bad things are happening to us. Have you ever zoned out and then snapped back to reality, so to speak? That's a form of escapism, and no matter what you do, that's not something you can control, right? Try to force yourself not to check out for the next week. I promise you that you won't notice you've done it until after you've done it. Unfortunately, humans tend to take this ability to check out too far, and it's what leads to escapist tendencies. Addiction isn't just about substances. People can use anything to escape, like using people as medicine or even religion can be an escape. This first lesson is titled Intro to Escapism. Do you remember the episode of The Office where Michael Scott does something outlandish to avoid something he doesn't want to experience? Oh, I'm sorry, that's almost every episode, isn't it? Doesn't it seem that the ways in which he goes out of his way to avoid some sort of pain, awkwardness, shame, letting someone down, disappointment, loneliness, stress, responsibility, I could go on and on. Doesn't it seem to put him in a worse spot than if he would have just faced whatever he was avoiding? Well, in a simple sense, Think of escapism as Michael Scott, a commitment to avoiding something unwanted no matter the costs. Unfortunately, as human beings, we all have the potential for Michael Scott behavior, and the tendency to be more or less escapier varies from person to person. And within any person's commitment to escaping, their escaping can occur in different categories depending on what they perceive to be a necessary pain to avoid. Perhaps the fear of abandonment is a pain I must avoid at all costs, but my fear of feeling shame isn't. I might then have potential relationship issues, or I might be a comedian whose entire set revolves around making fun of myself. I want people to love me, not leave me, and I can use my relative lack of shame to my advantage. Escapism is the emotional commitment or behavioral predisposition to avoid pain, which can be directed by us at both emotional or physical pain. Maybe I want to escape the pain of being told I let someone down, so I avoid having the conversation with them for as long as I can. As a human with a urinary system, I use the bathroom to escape the pain that a full bladder causes me, and I have no choice but to do that, right? You can't just not choose that option. You are, as a human, committed and locked in to having to go to the bathroom. Take a second and think about all the other biological things about our system that are, at their root, something we have to do in order to avoid pain. And the same can be said about the types of emotional pains we experience as humans. It's instinctive in the sense of existing for us before we have any say in the matter, and this instinctive predisposition is most often occurring outside of a person's awareness. Addiction is a problem of human nature, not individual dysfunction per se. 
It's made likely as a result of there being this natural leaning in the direction of escapism for all humans. Some compulsiveness exists for us as humans that would have likely occurred no matter what happened in human history or in our individual history. Evolution and biology are weighing in on these questions about our blame or culpability in the matter of how we are built, how we are structured at any given moment, and so how we eventually behave. What do we do about the biological fact that we are already strongly leaning in the direction of prioritizing our need to escape any and all of our pains? To make this point a little clearer, escapism is a natural thing that humans do. From a biological perspective, I mentioned the bathroom thing. From an anthropological perspective, looking at how humans in a society or group or culture interact, we see evidence of this before alcohol existed. Our ancestors came together to form interpersonal relationships to be stronger collectively in facing the danger of predators and the elements. Love, as a response predisposition that clearly has supported our collective survival, led our ancestors to be concerned about the pains of others, loved ones and children especially. The shared commitment to pain control and avoidance was part of the glue that bonded humans to each other. Our ancestors lived in groups in an attempt to avoid the pain that would come as a result of being exposed to the elements and wild animals, not because the caveman in Cave 2A had a sparkling wit and cheery disposition. We don't call that escapism because it seems like the sensible thing to do. But from this perspective, can you see how tribing up was a need, not a want? Unfortunately, we carried that tendency with us into our other interactions in the world in which we don't choose the sensible thing. And now we find ourselves escaping our emotions, our emotional truths, our unwanted feeling states, and all sorts of other experiences that occur as a natural result of living as a human being who has awareness of pains of the heart and the mind as well as the body. This next lesson is titled The Escapist Paradox. In Volume 2 of Dr. Lucan's book series on addiction and emotion, he starts the book off with this quote and this question. The Escapist Paradox. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. From the Steely Dan song, Hotel California. Question. How do you escape escapism? The answer? You don't. Or to be more precise, it's rare that someone does manage to do it. For the most part, once an escapist, always an escapist. In some very literal respects, people don't escape escapism because it's impossible to do so. The paradox lies in this fact. If your escapism is, in itself, causing you pain, wouldn't your natural drive as a human, with escapism as one of its primary commitments in life, be to want to escape the escapism because of the pain it's causing? For example, let's say you have unresolved emotional issues from an abusive father. You take up drinking later in life because the damage you sustained to your self-esteem and the grief that came from being physically harmed by a parent you loved stuck with you into adulthood. So, you take up drinking. You're escaping those pains by using escapism. But, that drinking causes you to do and say things that you wouldn't do necessarily if you were sober. Perhaps you got too drunk and ended things with a person you were dating because you didn't feel like you were good enough for them. Or you have your own children and you angrily mistreat them sometimes when you're drunk. The outcome in both cases is that you caused yourself more pain, right? The side effects of pain avoidance are themselves painful, and they are accumulating in your life. Embarrassment and regret over the text message you sent, perhaps, the loss of a person you were really starting to like, and now that escaping is causing you additional pain, sometimes a new form of pain, sometimes just a lot more of the same. So you end up avoiding heartache by trashing your own goals, relationships, and self-esteem. 
the loss of the potential partner and the shame that came along with what you said to push them away wouldn't have existed if the escapist in you had never turned to alcohol in the first place. So now you find yourself in quite the pickle. You feel a strong need to escape escapism, but you can't because that would require you to escape it with something else. Trying to escape escapism doesn't work that well since it leaves you an escapist at heart. But let's not say it's impossible to do so. Let's say virtually impossible. Let's try to never say never, because there are a special few who have more or less accidentally cracked the code or solved the mystery and have gotten out of their escapism. There are those who get somewhat out, but have a kind of one foot in, one foot out situation, and this situation can last for a lifetime. The overwhelming majority cannot find their way out, and that's largely because they A, fail to see that escapism actually exists as one of their primary commitments, B, fail to see just how tricky and difficult it is, or C, even if they do notice it, they fail to see just how important it is. The escapist, according to Dr. Lucan's definition, is someone who has a prime directive for living that says, a way out of pain whenever its intensity or form passes beyond a certain tolerance limit will be searched for until found and will be used as needed. Both the searching for the means of escape and the using of the means to escape could end up being an around-the-clock activity consuming all my waking hours until death. The primary reason that escaping escapism is difficult is because there's this paradox embedded within the process. The escape from escapism is itself escapism. It is ongoing escapism. It's an extension of the same old business as usual. You have to do something else with your escapism besides trying to escape it if you are going to stop it or change it. Einstein said we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. Like I said earlier, if you need to escape escapism, it means you'll need to use escapism. So maybe you stop drinking, but you smoke more cigarettes, bite your fingernails, and are at perpetual risk of relapse. You're an escapist and always in jeopardy of doing your escaping by the same old methods, newer methods, less dangerous or more dangerous methods, etc. The escapist has an escapist menu, a list of options for escaping, and so the choices are between variations on the same theme only. What is not served on the menu is the not-so-obvious delicacy you really should be ordering. It's called leave the restaurant altogether a la mode and it comes with a side of vanilla ice cream. Basically, leave the context of escapism altogether. When you have a genuine desire to go someplace better, no matter what, you are beginning to be free from the paradox. Experiencing this change is like the first day of the rest of your life. In order to get to someplace better, it's important for you to create or unearth a vision of someplace better. Otherwise, you'll find yourself returning to the old establishments out of a no other option default. If you are never aware that a five-star Italian restaurant exists in the next town over, you might find yourself at the rundown diner every night for dinner just because you aren't aware of the other place. Buy a couple hundred dollars worth of magazines, say you'll make a dream board, and then put it off for months. But then finally get around to it like one of my friends did. Hit a gong, light a candle, and call it manifesting. I don't care. So long as you are doing the very important action of letting your mind wander to the places where escapism doesn't exist. And it's equally important that you face up to it and be honest about your commitment to running away from pain. Escapists, by definition, have a relationship to life that leaves them prone to dysfunctional acting out stemming from their need for emotional control, which really boils down to the management of emotional pain and all other forms of discomfort. Remember, all of us have escapist leanings throughout the course of our lives. We just vary on a continuum, passing through many shades of gray, many finely nuanced differences. This last lesson is called We Are All Escapists. 
We all naturally experience this drive to escape when we don't like what's going on. This isn't so much a deliberate choice, rather it develops naturally due to the hedonic principle. The hedonic principle refers to the influence that pain and pleasure have on a human that enhances or inhibits their willingness to move towards a goal or away from a threat. This principle operates at the biological foundation of our being, as the kind of living systems that we are. It's almost universal that we're egocentric. Satisfying our own appetites is a priority, and so when we do actually like what's going on in our lives, we want to enhance and exaggerate it, make more of it, or make it last longer, etc. Think of the people who get high at celebrations, at joyous occasions, for instance. The escapist dynamic applies to all behavior, including sexual behavior and sexual interest. We'll touch on the concept of morale in a later lesson, but I'll define it for you quickly. Morale is a person's sense of how life is going for them at any point in time. Basically, is life going good or bad? When it's going bad, we are chronically demoralized. It's hard to say no to any possible morale boost, including those that are excessive, indulgent, or irresponsible. Consider why and how drug and alcohol problems are so much more rampant when there is poverty and oppression. Living with a sense of deprivation will cause the bounce-back effect of overindulging, regardless of how undeserving we might believe we are of indulging. If you've ever seen that one episode of Parks and Rec when Tom and Donna take their annual day off, they give themselves one day a year to do it, but humans with low morale might find themselves saying, treat yourself, every day or every chance they get. When you are demoralized in this way, contempt will surface, and when contempt surfaces in this context, it makes the prioritizing of others' needs less likely, and so we see the conscience of that person being degraded in response to chronically low or suddenly lowered morale. Dr. Lukens is clear on this point. He does not say escapism is always a bad thing. He's not saying that it always hurts more than it helps. Escaping as a form of aesthetic appreciation of a special moment of living or of any positive experience, or for that matter based on any other reason that is loftier than pain control, may be qualitatively different from the motive to escape unwanted experience. Basically, the issue is discerning what your intentions for the escaping are, and our intentions aren't so clear that we can pinpoint which parts of our problem we have created out of our escapist tendencies. If the intention requires me to acknowledge the pain, then there's probably no way you're touching that puppy with a 10-foot pole. Take, for example, the drive to want to post an Instagram story after the ending of a relationship. Do you want to post that video of you having fun with friends because you want to save and share a cherished memory to your followers and friends? Or was it to keep yourself top of mind for him and make him feel a certain way? If you acknowledge that last intention, then you have to acknowledge that you still care about him in a way that means you want him back. And if you want him back, that means you lost him. And what emotion comes up when we have lost something? Sadness. And that's painful. If you have a take-it-or-leave-it mindset about your next escapist moment, the downside costs will be negligible. This isn't the same thing as pretending your next escapist moment doesn't bother you. It's acknowledging that the next escapist moment might bother the heck out of you and you just need to take it as it may come. I know that's asking a lot, but that's why we made this app. Because at the end of the day, how many of us struggle with escapism in some area of our lives? That's where our signature phrase came from. It's okay to stop and ask for directions. When the escapist commitment is so light and based on an approach intention rather than avoidance, one that is relatively mild and not part of an overpowering need, then escape can be harmless. If your felt sense that you need to text your ex or have another glass of wine comes from a place of avoiding a pain that you will experience if you don't do the action, 
feel lonely, feel aware of your sadness, feel less than because you found the profile of his new girlfriend, respectively, then you are escaping. In a crude but legitimate way, this is how our wants and our needs can be usefully differentiated. Needs are more often pain control oriented, while our wants or desires are more pleasure seeking oriented. If I don't get to have a particular pleasure, that's it, no big deal. If I use alcohol to cope with my sadness rather than as something to enhance my peak moments, then when I find out there isn't going to be alcohol served at my Christian friend's wedding, I might be pretty pissed off. But if I know seeing two people get married will cause me pain, but I haven't been using alcohol as a means of coping with my loneliness, then no alcohol at the wedding is no big deal. If I have what I imagine will be great pain, then I need to be able to escape. If I'm seeking pleasure in large part to counter my pain or compensate for my pain or to numb out my pain, then that pleasure becomes a need. Here's an example. Two people could be sleeping in as a means of escape, but doing it for different reasons and with very different results. A deeply and chronically demoralized person doesn't have the energy or the interest to face the day in anticipation of it being painful. So they feel the need to pull the covers over their head in order to check out of conscious awareness. On the flip side, we have a person who is generally feeling good about life and has high sustained morale, might be celebrating a meaningful accomplishment from the day before, and may just want to self-indulge in some luxurious oversleeping to stay in the glow of the occasion. This person is adding to the already good status quo of the experience of the game of life as it exists at the moment. And if this person were to suddenly remember a commitment, they would jump out of bed and cut the peaceful indulgence short without being too upset about losing that opportunity. They don't have any pain skin in the game, and so the need is just more of a want. If you'd like to listen to the other eight lessons in this Intro to Escapism audio course, you can do that by downloading our app, Truth Map Hologram, on the iOS App Store or the Google Play Store. And like I said earlier, all of the content is free and it's free to download. The only feature you need to upgrade to access is TruthMap with Navi, which is our chatbot life coach feature. And that helps you explore your mind when it gets a little scary in there. And if you feel like you'd like to upgrade to check out Navi, then you can use the coupon code TMAP podcast for 20% off either your monthly subscription or a six month subscription or a yearly subscription. And um, 